One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, welcome to another season of the Football Writers Podcast. My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Adrian Clark, the tactical analyst, and David Priest, goalkeeper, coach, and columnist. Madness, absolute madness. The transfer window closes at 5 pm on Thursday for English clubs. The rest? Well, they get three more weeks to sign players. You can smell the fear, see the panic. There's a lot more money out there than sense. Just bad management, isn't it? It's a strange one. Uh, first of all, I have to say that I agree with the decision to bring forward the close of the transfer deadline ahead of the start of the season. I think it makes sense for managers, clubs in general, but I'm absolutely gobsmacked that that we here in this country, the Premier League, agreed to it without the other major leagues in Europe being in unison. So it definitely puts our clubs at a huge disadvantage and there is every chance that we'll see the Giants of Spain in particular looking to pick off players between the close of our window and the close of theirs. Um, I'm thinking that Chelsea in particular are very vulnerable at the moment. Uh, Thibaut Courtois, Eden Hazard, Willian, all targets for overseas clubs. Will Chelsea buy in preparation for that? Because if they don't, they'll be left short. There's so much money in football. Is the game almost drunk on that money? I mean, we always think that it's, it's going to, the bubble's going to burst at some time, but it's, you know, it just keeps rising and rising and rising. And when it comes to the transfer window, I just think that clubs that leave it to the last moment anyway, regardless of whether it's 5 pm this Thursday or whether it's the end of the month, mm. anybody who leaves it that late, it just reeks of bad planning, bad recruitment. Now, all the clubs knew that it was going to happen. You know, we knew it was going to shut early. We can complain about it and, and the clubs can complain about it that other European clubs are going to have an advantage. That's fair enough. But they knew this was coming in. So why not get your, your shopping done early and make sure that it doesn't come a panic situation? Mm. Well, you look at it, Manchester United were one of six clubs who actually voted against it. Yeah. But if you look at United's strategy, if there is one, <laughs> it's basically Mourinho moaning that he wants more players. Yes. For a massive club like that, mm. There's a disconnect somewhere. Oh, there's a huge disconnect. I think the, it's obvious where that disconnect is. It's between Jose Mourinho and Ed Woodward. They're, they're not on the same page. You need to have a great relationship, don't you, with the next in command, uh, the guy that's going to go out there and, and bring you the players that you want. And it's pretty clear, I think, for, for all to see that they're, they're seeing things very, very differently at the moment. The big question is why is Ed Woodward not this summer giving him the money? 
that he has done in previous years. Why, why is that not happening? I think they could have gone out there and, and secured Toby Alderweireld much, much earlier or Harry Maguire, somebody like that, if they really wanted to. They've got the funds, haven't they? Um, it's, it's strange goings-on uh, at Manchester United and, and you do wonder where the strategy is. In terms of the team as well and, and tactically, there's no real clear identity at United at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's not happy times for Jose Mourinho and I think for the fans that they, they might be in for a rough few months. Mm, and also, when you see a club basically chasing after players who've had one or two good games in the World Cup, that tells you that they're just doing it off the hoof, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's what clubs used to do in the past and we've got away from that. You know, clubs aren't sending scouts or, or managers on going to see World Cup games because, like I said, the scouting and recruitment networks, they've done all the, the work beforehand. It's not going to rely on these few games. But especially in the case of Harry Maguire, you've got to think, was he on their radar before the World Cup? Yeah, I'm not sure he was. Do you know what? I don't, I'm not completely sold on, on the idea that Harry Maguire is a genuine target. I'm not saying he isn't. But I think Yerry Mina has almost mm. been used as a ruse. They want Toby Alderweireld. Mm. And Spurs weren't playing ball. So all of a sudden, surprise, surprise, they chuck in yeah. a couple of other names. Oh, OK, well, we're not that bothered. We'll go there then. Mm. That's where we'll go shopping instead. And all of a sudden, we're hearing reports that Alderweireld will be on his way to Old Trafford. So, so yes, yeah, so I think there are a bit of fun and games at play. That would be a good sign. They need a centre-half. Mm. But I think the, the more pressing issue for United is what sort of team are they going to be? Are going to be a team that's built around Lukaku, a team that's built around Pogba, a team that's built around Alexis Sanchez? Because those three superstars all kind of want different styles of play to bring the best out of them. Mm. They've got Fred in, I suppose, but what's your assessment of him and you know, what would he bring to their party? Well, looking at, uh, at him coming to uh, Jose Mourinho's side, you've got to think that they have to do something to get the best out of him. Now, unless he's going to be used as a conduit sort of to play through him, then he's not going to be any use at all. And same, I mean, I would have thought that Pogba would have been one of those players who did that. Mm. He hasn't been used uh, to his full advantage mm. and, and his full potential. Mm. It'll be the same with Fred. Now, he's not getting away. He's a, he's a wonderful player. But coming from Russia, it's a little bit difficult to judge him. He's obviously got quality. Mm. And the little bits that I've seen in pre-season, he looks like he's got real quality. Mm. But... That said, it, it's how they use them. That's so, the most important thing. So here we are on a Monday morning. It wouldn't surprise me if Pogba is somewhere else by Friday. Well, well, I mean, a lot of people would think that Fred coming in might be able to release him to play mm. further forward and to play like he did uh, with France. So it's you know. And Raiola is apparently getting busy, which is yeah. with, usually with, a sign. Yeah, with Fred, I think the idea of that sign is that he gets the ball, shifts it on quicker. Mm. Uh, Manchester United. Too ponderous, haven't yeah. they? In, in there possession. was no pace in their play. No, exactly. So I think he's a good. He's got a good touch, good awareness. Boom! Get the ball, two touch, move it on, and that might help to bring the best out of Pogba. I mean, it's a pretty formidable unit if you if, if you imagine uh, Pogba, Matic, and Fred together in there, and then and then a, a front three potentially of, of Rashford, Sanchez, and Lukaku. <laughs> That's a front six that should be able to put most teams to bed. So it's just will he be able to release the shackles of those players and get them playing freely this season? I think that's the biggest challenge for him. Mm. And it looks like Martial is no longer of this world, isn't it? He's fallen out completely. <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's still not Martial, not Martian. Yeah, it's been handled badly. 
you know, we've seen it in the past, you know, in the distant past, how, you know, managers used to handle players who were uh, absent because of the, you know, the birth of the child. So it's, mm. you thought those days were gone, you know, and perhaps there's, it's a two-way thing. Uh, Martial's not really happy with the way he's being handled as well, but I think he's making a massive mistake. They brought in Sanchez. They didn't need Sanchez. Mm. And when Sanchez last season, he's become more of a facilitator mm. than a goal scorer and a goal threat. And that's not really his game. That's what Pogba's there for. And, and Martial's the same. I think they could have gotten so much more at Martial if, if they put their focus into him. Yeah, Martial's stuck because the two teams that need him slash are most interested in him are Spurs and Chelsea. They'd be great for both. He'd probably walk straight into both sides. He'd be a great cover for their respective centre-forwards as well as being able to play on the wing. But Spurs are tight. Mm. We know that they, they don't want to spend big money at the moment. And Roman Abramovich... He's chucked his wallet out the window, hasn't he? He's not interested mm. in spending when he doesn't have to. So the two teams that want him actually are probably not prepared to give United the kind of money that they, they want and expect for him. So he might have to stay. And then, and then it'll be fun and games because they have to make up. Otherwise, if they don't kiss and make up Marshall and Mourinho, they're going to have a brilliant player sat on the sidelines. You're saying that about um, Spurs being tight, you know, the way Daniel Levy operates in, in, in the business world. You look at what he might get for Alderweireld, who's got a year left in his contract. You're looking at 60, 65, possibly 70 million pounds. Mm. Then on the other hand, you've got Courtois, who's you know wanted by the, one of the two biggest clubs in the world, in Real Madrid, and yet they're going to get 30, 35 million. And he's a young goalkeeper who's probably going to six years younger, five years yeah. younger than uh, Alderweireld. It just shows you how good a business mm. that uh, but businessman it, Levy is. But is there a danger that Levy will overplay his hand? No, because I think that if um, you know you, you spoke earlier on about the money that uh, the games are washed with, sixty million pounds, Spurs will probably be able to eat that up if they can get another year out of Oliveira. It doesn't go, and they get another year, of him, or they get thirty million or twenty million for him in January. Then they, they can swallow that. It's, it's not a problem. So either way, I don't think they can uh, they can lose really. Mm. That money doesn't mean a, lot, a great deal to them. Yeah, I think they need to show a bit of ambition, um, not just to appease the fans, but actually the players, the players that are staying, the players that have signed on these new contracts, they're probably sat there at the moment thinking, well, who are we in for? Are we going to have a better squad this year mm. than last season, or, or is it the same again, or are we going to be weaker because there's talk of Dembele going, Rose, mm. uh, Adavera, as, as we discussed? So, if you're a Spurs player. Your morale ahead of the season. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to be their chins are on the floor. Instead of thinking title, challenge City, maybe they're thinking, oh, we might be hard pushed for top four this year. So, uh, yeah, I'd just be amazed if they leave it so late and miss well, out on people. I, I, re- I find it really strange that they are contemplating selling Dembele. Mm. You know, he's turned down a 20 million move to Inter anyway. He's always looked to be the engine of that team whenever I've seen him play. You know, I know there are doubts of whether he can sustain it over a season, but it doesn't make too much sense for me to actually get rid of a player of that quality. Not if you're only getting that much for him, you know, if it yeah. doesn't make financial sense as well. And you're right, he's, he, he looks a Spurs player. He's just, he, you know, he fits in that system well. I'd be more inclined just to, to worry about keeping everyone together. Because you know it doesn't like they're going to have a lot of new faces in. The most they'll probably get two or three this week if they get anybody in. If I was a Spurs fan, I wouldn't be too worried about that at all. You go back three years, first game of the season, they beat Sunderland one nil. Eight of the starting lineup, not including Eriksson, five of the bench are all still integral to that to that side. Mm. Last three seasons, third place, second place, third place. You know, so it's just about putting that one or two in. 
perhaps replacing Oliveira, giving Kane some help up front. Yeah, you're right. It's is definite strength, the continuity, undoubtedly. But but that group of players wasn't quite good enough to win trophies. That group of players wasn't good enough to win the title, even when it was kind of there for the taking. The season, Leicester won it. But they're so, three years better off now. Or yeah, two, at least two years. Well, Dembele off. isn't. It's pretty. I think he's probably on on the decline. But yeah, I, I understand the, the point. I just I just think you need to need to have a little freshen up. Most most years, just bring in at least a couple of first team ready players. They have been quite fortunate of injuries, haven't they? Mm. In in recent years, Spurs. If they have an injury crisis, then mm. they're a bit right up against. Uh, it. In the modern Premier League, at the top end, it's all about depth of quality within yeah. your squad, isn't it? Mm. That being said, Liverpool, they basically strengthen in every key area that they can this summer. Have they got a title-winning squad there now? You would have thought so. You know, the improvements that they've made that'll take them a little bit closer to City. City's high standards this season, you have to say that, you know, that it's got to drop a, a, a little bit somewhat. You, you think that a few teams might have a bit more of a go at them this season. Maybe say, well, we'd rather take a 4-0 defeat, 4-5-0 defeat and have a go at them. Mm. There's going to be sort of like a, a level enough, so that maybe they'll come down towards the, the pack. Who do you see as the key signings there? For Liverpool, uh, well, the goalkeeper, for sure. I'm sure David's got, got his view on, on Alisson. Um, terrific. One of the world's elite keepers, for sure. And he will make a huge difference. And central midfield. I mean, Abby Keita and, and Fabinho, I think, will be really, really important players. Especially with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain out for the season. They're going to miss that drive um, that he brought. And I think Keita is, is a fantastic, isn't he? All-round player. He can defend, he can pass, he can travel with the ball, he can score goals. He could be a player. No, I was really talking about Naby Keita. I, th I think he could be absolutely fantastic this season. And even Shakiri, even though that's a relatively low-profile signing, I think it's quality from the bench. It's good backup. Wonderful set-piece prowess. So, yeah, Liverpool looking fantastic in terms of their squad. They've got the continuity of the tactics as well. Just a centre-half short, I think, still. Mm. Really are, aren't they? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm still not, I'm not... I mean, Matip is the best of the bunch outside of Van Dijk, but I think Van Dijk could do with a better partner. Mm. So I know, David, you've been sitting here for a while saying that Alisson would be perfect for Liverpool. Um, did exceptionally well in the pre-season friendly at, uh, against Napoli. What did you see in him? Well, it's it just the all in pre-season that, he, you know, he's, he's only just come back from his break, obviously, playing the World Cup with Brazil. We see straight away, you know, against Napoli, you know, he's playing balls. As soon as he gets in possession of the ball, that's their first, you know, he's a point of attack. Mm -hmm. And he's got the passing ability to, to bypass the first, second, third lines of press. Anybody coming forward and uh, they can stretch teams. And that's what they're going to do now. You can try and press uh, Liverpool high up the pitch. Well, it's OK. You can just play at the top. The same effect that Edison had at Manchester City as well mm -hmm. uh, last season. So it gives teams just another headache when you're playing against them. And, and the, the frightening pace that they've got going forwards, it can utilise that even more. Do you think Alisson could be as good as De Gea in the Premier League? Do you think he can rival him to be the best? Because he, he's number one, isn't he, De Gea? He is, but I mean, in, in when you talk about David De Gea and Manchester United, Manchester United basically have a one-man defence and it's him. <laughs> you know, they, they, they're seen as a defensive side, <laughs> they have a lot of bodies behind the ball, but they're, they're not effective at all. They're actually not very good at winning the ball back. And that's why they give up a lot of chances and, and give away a lot of shots on target. Mm. They're, they're two different types of goalkeepers. And you could possibly say that because of his all-round game, being able to defend the space in front of him, because of his distribution, you know, he's got the potential to be even better, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Let's look across Merseyside at Everton. Yeah. We looked at them last summer and thought, oh, they've done pretty well. <laughs> and it just basically, you know, turned to mush, didn't it? Yeah. Again, they're a little bit like Man United. They're, they're thrashing around late on in the in the window, trying to get something together. Yeah, I am surprised that they haven't been more proactive earlier on in this particular window. Um, Marco Silva has got a lot to prove, I think, as a manager. This is a really big, big job for him. And I'm surprised that he hasn't been on the club's case to get the players he wants in early doors. Uh, Richarlison is an interesting one. Obviously, they've paid over the odds. They've paid the silver tax, haven't they, mm. on that particular transfer. But he is the type of player they needed. He has got pace. He has got a wonderful balance on that left-hand side. And I do think he will improve their goal threat, Richarlison. So I wouldn't knock that signing other than the fee. Lucas Dean, they need a left-back. He's every chance of displacing Leighton Baines. So we'll see, see how that goes. With Yerry Mina, the link, obviously he's not mm. signed as yet, but there's a strong link in the papers. Um, I just think he's a Barcelona backup for a reason. <laughs> I think he wasn't particularly impressive in La Liga and that that's a risky signing for the money. So they need to send a half, but it's, it strikes me that's a slight gamble. Mm. What about Marco Silva? Is he a man, myth or magic? <laughs> Well, the, the people I've spoke to uh, who played under him at Hull, they had a lot of. Uh, they were written really highly. Uh, they're impressed with everything that he, you know. The, what were the specifics that they pointed out? The way that the detail he went into. They, they spent a lot of time out on the pitch, going through small details positionally on the pitch. Worked a lot on set pieces, not just on uh, corners and free kicks, but. Uh, when balls went out at the side for throw-ins, you know, how he wanted them to set up. And it's basically using those, like, it's almost come from American sports, you know, so far, um, even just a throw-in is a set-piece opportunity to get possession, draw people in and go out the other side. It was hard work and... Adrian will tell you the type of work that managers, uh, English managers, British managers tend to shy away from because they think either players will get bored, that they'll get, get cold standing about, they might get injuries, mm. and he's not bothered about that. Mm. And they do a lot of a lot of video work. And I know that this is a you know the modern day coach. This is what they do, but uh, even more than the average, he, he goes into detail a lot more. Yeah, he's bold and enterprising, isn't he? He's a very attack minded manager. Loves pace, loves counter attacks, playing through the lines on transitions. So I think he's got the right team. So he's got Adrissa Gay, who I think won more tackles than anyone else in the Premier League last year. So he's got a ball winner there and he's got Richarlison, the speed they got there, Walcott on the other side. So when they do turn possession over, I think they'll be pretty dangerous this season. It's just at the back. That's where you worry of any silver team. The, mm. the personnel was poor last year for Everton and he's not a manager like Martinez, like some other ones that we could mention, that isn't known for keeping clean sheets. That's the worry for Everton. I, I, I don't see any dramatic improvement, but, but they that, might start fast. That, that's the key. If they can get some discipline, positional discipline in uh, gear, then that's great because he's got the energy mm. uh, to get about the pitch and to break up play. But also, it's their waveform. He has to address that at both Hull and Watford. Yeah. They, they didn't do well away from home at all. Mm. So if he can tweak it and come up with something that uh, can rectify that, then might be able to do something. Yeah. How important is, is due diligence in all this in terms of a player's character? Mm. Now, you look at someone like Max Meyer, you know, garlanded young player in Germany, falls out with his club, they get rid of him, he's 23 years old, mm. he turns up at Crystal Palace. Can players like that, not maybe specifically him, but can players like that be trusted when you've obviously got a temperament <laughs> issue? 
Uh, well, when they've got previous, you've always come with the warning. <laughs> and there's only so much diligence you could do. I mean, you're not really allowed to be speaking to players directly, are you? You've got to just do a bit of homework and speak to people that have worked with these guys before to try and get a gauge on whether it is that that person is a bad egg or whether it is just that the situation that they were in made them unhappy. And because they were unhappy, they then played up a little bit. So, so I think you have to weigh things up carefully. But it's a big part, isn't it, of, of any transfer that goes through. You've got to look into the personality of the player. With with Max Mayer, all I know is that he's a talented boy mm. that hasn't really fulfilled his I don't think potential. there's ever been a doubt about that. No, exactly. He's a really talented boy who who would never have dreamed of going to Palace properly. Mm. And they might not have thought they were able to get him. But if it works and if he if he clicks with Roy Hodgson, if Roy can be that father figure, just stick his arm around him, I'll look after your son. And you never know that he could turn into a really valuable asset, couldn't he, for, for Crystal Palace on the pitch and in terms of value. Talking about Roy Hodgson, the club with which he's associated, Fulham, they, to me, seem to have, one of the, have had one of the best windows possible. They brought in eight or nine players, quality across the team. Um, how do you think they'll do because of that? Yeah, they should do really well. Jukanovic won straight away from his philosophy. There'll be no change there. And on top of that, they've managed to keep all the Sessignon, kept all the Kearney which has been important as well. Mm. Strengthen the goalkeeping department as well. And the players they've brought in, you, you wouldn't think that there'd be too much disruption. They've, they've, uh, like I said, it's not just the, the quality of players, but they're, they're a right fit for the club as well. Fulham fans can have a lot of optimism going into this season. Mm. I agree. Yeah, yeah. John Michael Seri as well. He didn't come with a big fanfare, but he's, he's a hell of a player. Mm. He's linked with much bigger clubs, wasn't he, than, than Fulham. No one took that plunge on him. They, they have. And he could be a player that doubles in value within 12 months if, if he performs like I think he can. I think him and Kearney in there <laughs> means that opponents in that, in that injury might find it hard to get hold of the ball. They, they, can, mm. they can keep it well. And Mawson at the back, very, very solid, the sort of defender who's almost got out of fashion. Yeah, yeah you, you're, you're right. But I mean, I watched him quite a bit when he first went to Barnsley. He had a great partnership at the back uh, while he was there, but and, and he was kind of the, he's the he's the footballer in the in, in the relationship. But he can do the dirty part of it as well. Mm. And I, I quite like that um, when balls came in the box, he wasn't thrashing at things. You know, he wasn't you know being rash in the box. He just puts a side foot through the ball and he makes sure that he gets a good connection and clears. And it's like that's one part of the game that's it's not practiced in training. Players don't when they find themselves in them positions. So if the ball's played in behind the defender, in between the defender and the, uh, and the goalkeeper, they panic. Mm. And that's when you see a lot of people slice and go for corners and, and for own goals. But then now they've got somebody in there who can defend properly mm -hmm. uh, and not just his feet on the ball, gets his head yeah, on the ball. The, the Premier League ready, isn't he? Yeah, the signing that intrigued me was Schurler. You know, on a two-year yeah, loan yeah. deal, that's a heck of a sign. Yeah, he's done it before, hasn't he? I mean, he's a very dangerous player. I think he will fit in well with the, the system as well, I would imagine, because he's a forward that plays out wide. So you're probably thinking Sessegnon, Mitrovic, Schürrle. That's a, that's a lovely front three when you've got Kenny Seri in there behind. Um, it's Premier League class, absolutely it is. And uh, I think Fulham fans should be really, really excited about the coming months. I just You worry about them some, a little bit defensively, but I think actually being in possession of the ball will be their form of defence. Mm. So they're not a side that I think will be sat there soaking up pressure for, for lengthy periods. It looks like they're going to pick up Callum Chambers as well on loan from Arsenal. Yeah, that's it? an interesting one. Yeah, I wonder where he'll play. Probably uh, right back. And he, look, he just needs a full season in the Premier League to build his confidence back up. He's, he's not kicked on in the way that people thought he would. 
he's by no means a bad player. He's just lost a little bit of confidence. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he can come good, but he needs he needs a manager to believe in him, I think. Mm -hmm. it, it probably should be said that, you know, we talk about the characters of players and doing your due diligence. And But on the other side of it, Fulham's a great club for anybody coming in, not just because they're in London, but they're a well-run club. They've got a, an owner who's... He's high profile, but he's he's successful in almost everything he does. He, I think he'll be very persuasive. The manager's very persuasive. He, talk, mm. he talks with a great intensity about the game. They're an attractive club for anybody come. Yeah, he's a big lad, isn't he? I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to be around him in a dressing room when he's not happy. Yeah. <laughs> West Ham. Now they basically, you know, to be fair to them, absolutely gone for it in the in the, in the market. We're looking around sort of 95 million plus at the moment. A lot of players. How long would it take those players to bed into some sort of recognisable unit? I've seen a few of the games, or looked at a few of the highlights of the games over the pre-season, and they've chopped and changed a little bit and seen what works. But Manuel Pellegrini, they've got somebody who I think they can put a lot of trust in. Yeah. Uh, they've bought well, they've spent a bit of money. And um, I was talking to somebody last week who was, who was a coach under him, and uh, he thought that West Ham would do very, very well this year. Yeah. He's a brilliant manager. I mean, he's won the title. He's got, you know, his entire CV is littered with success. Um, I'm excited for West Ham fans because they're going to watch a very different team this year. Far more entertaining. They're going to have a lot more of the ball. I thought last year was really poor. I mean, very defensive. Didn't give the supporters too much to get excited about. It was a defeatist attitude. This time around, I think they'll try and take the fight to people. I'm excited about seeing Felipe Anderson for, for, mm. from Lazio. I mean, this guy... I think he was th ranked third in European football for dribbles, successful dribbles, behind Neymar and Eden Hazard. Whenever I've seen him play, he's exciting. I like him in the number 10 role, but he can drift out wide. So, so the fans are going to really enjoy watching him play. He will have shockers. He were, he's wildly inconsistent, as a lot of us wingers are. <laughs> um, but he's decent. And, and, and across the board, there's some Wilshire, creative play. Yarmolenko's got a bit of flair. They signed a decent goalkeeper, I think, in Lucas mm. Fabianski, someone that's, that's his stock's on the rise. A couple of good centre-halves. It's a D-up, I think, is a play for the now and the future. So I think recruitment's been good. West Ham should, with the squad that they've got and the manager they've got, they should be easily top half. What about... Goalkeeping recruitment, obviously a key area. There have been some quite significant signings this summer. Rui Patricio at Wolves, yeah. as an example. That, I suppose, sums up the way Wolves could actually attack this Premier League and actually be very successful, simply because it's not quite Mendes FC, but we're getting there, aren't we? There's a lot of good players gone into that football club. It's, they get the payoff from um, the manager being the, the first client of and then that relationship has been built and obviously now he's, he's uh, that, that relationship's bearing fruit you know mm. <laughs> what, what about Patricio is it good yeah very good very good I thought that um, early on before uh, when they got promoted I thought well it might be somewhere that someone like Joe Hart might yeah. be mm. interested in going to but to get him in the, I mean the circumstances you know the, the freedom from his contract because of a dispute at, at Sporting yeah. Lisbon yeah. Uh, he's 30 years old there was before uh, he went to Wolves there was a chance he could have went to Napoli so it's it's been a stellar signing for them. Yeah, I, I like their business. And uh, there's a lot of jealousy around Wolves. I, I do think from other clubs. I mean, they're, they're not breaking any rules, as, as far as I can see. Good luck to them. And uh, I think it's a really good club. It's well run, you have to say. And the, the people who are involved in the club are very, very happy there. They're looked after. Uh, and they've got some great players. Looking forward to We talked about midfields at Fulham. I'm really looking forward to seeing Neves and Moutinho, Jean mm. Moutinho uh, as a combination. I don't think Neves could, could want for a better chaperone 
either side of that. That's a really good sort of one-season mm. signing, though, isn't it, for yeah. about five minutes? Well, it might be two. two. might get two. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it will work really well. And, yeah, Neves, I just hope he can live up to the to the hype because he was just fabulous in the Championship. And I'd, I'd love to see that form replicated in the Premier League. Wolves, yeah, like Fulham, I'm, I'm confident they'll be fine. Mm. What about Bournemouth? You know, they've gone out, they've bought... I think really well in, in David Brooks, very good young player. Uh, looks like that they are going to strengthen even further in the next couple of days. Are they now an established Premier League club or do they still need another season just to keep betting in? No, I think they're established now simply because they've managed to stay in the Premier League for three seasons now without really turning to a defensive side of the game. Mm-hmm. I think you get a lot of sides that's you'll get a little bit of success and then the fear creeps in, the fear of relegation and then managers get a little bit sort of uh, withdrawn and sort of think, get a little bit safe. Eddie Howe hasn't done that. I mean, they went to three at the back with some success last season, mm. which can be seen as defensive, if you want, and they defended the edge of the box very well with the three. Mm. And uh, I really like Nathan Ake as well. I think yeah, he, he's he, well in that role. He seems to be a leader, doesn't he? Yeah. And, but... Whenever I've seen Brooks at Sheffield United, I thought, you know, this kid's going to go a long, long he's way. Yeah, he's, he's a talented boy. He might have to wait for his chance. I don't think Eddie House... I mean, he showed when he brought in Jack Wilshere on loan. Mm. He, he's no respecter of reputations. Yeah. He, he made wait. Lewis Cook wait a bit. Yeah, well, of yeah. course. He, he, he's got his way and you have to earn your place. So Brooks might have to wait. But he was actually a very good impact sub for Sheffield United last year when he came on. He, he influenced games. So, yeah, no, I think Bournemouth will be OK. But I'm, I'm really surprised that he hasn't strengthened in the centre-half yeah. department. I think that's been an issue for a long time. Ake, fantastic, but those around him, Francis and Cook, I guess I'm, I'm thinking about here, just, I think, to improve and to kick on as a side, they maybe need to upgrade there. Mm. They need to keep on Lewis Cook, though. Yeah. That's a really important. Well, there's a lot of talk about Tottenham going in for him hard, but yeah. if you're only going to get 30 million for him, what's the point? I mean, only 30. Yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, other young players that you've, you've seen you know, in this window... Mm. Um, Matteo Guendouzi oh, yeah. um, at Arsenal, £7 million from Lorient, what, yeah. 19, 20? Yeah, oh, I'm glad you asked about him. Yeah, he's looked terrific in pre-season. He's, he's arguably been Arsenal's best player during the Tour of Singapore and in the games since against Chelsea and Lazio. Absolutely outstanding. You won't miss him. He's got this frizzy hair, he's, you know, he's a David Luiz lookalike, but really confident. I mean, he shows for the ball all the time from deep, but he can pass long and short, plays forward passes, with real distinction. So he'll ping balls into the front players. He'll, he'll, he'll take them on as well in, in the right areas. Sometimes you can overdo it, and I, and I worry they'll get caught in possession at times. But based on what I've seen so far, I mean, seven million is, is an absolute snip. But let's not hype him up too much. Let's see him in the Premier League first. But on first impressions, this kid will get a lot of game time this season under Unai Emery. Any, any others to look out for? I, I was really impressed with Aaron Wambasika at Palace at that sort of right-back role. I thought he'd come out of nowhere as far as I can see. Anyone else around? Uh, oh, anybody here for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, on, on Wambasaka, I, I was impressed. Yeah, I agree. He, he gave him a bit of a new dimension. Um, are they going to keep hold of him? Is it, are there any stories that he's going to be moving on? Because he caught the eye, I have to mm. say. Because it was one that came from nowhere. I think they had an injury crisis, didn't they? Yeah. And, and he came into the team and he did transform them. So I'm sure that the, the vultures are circling. Mm. But uh, no, I think... I think um, if he stays, he'll play. And Palace are another one that, that, that should be all right for when they keep Zaha, which, which I'm sure you, you'd probably like to talk about. I mean, right. it, with him, I just feel the time is right to move on, unfortunately, for Palace fans. Yeah. He's ready. 
he is ready for a top six club. There are people um, that don't think he's ready, that don't think he can do the other side of the game, the defensive side properly. But I saw last year enough to suggest that he can be a striker of real repute. Maybe not prolific, mm. but the, definitely a striker that opposition defenders will fear. Mm. And he will, even if he doesn't always score the goals, he will make things happen. The Tottenham link doesn't go away, does it? He'll be a perfect backup for Harry Kane as the striker mm. and a perfect player to, that you could use on the wing instead yeah. of Son and Ming or, or Ericsson or whoever. I don't know why they're not interested. The only reason Spurs, as far as I can see, wouldn't be interested in him is because of the price tag. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be without. Are they going to be able to son at the start of the season? Yeah, yeah. he's away, um, I think, for a month. Yeah, and then, you know, you've got the thing about Harry Kane not scoring in August. <laughs> you know, so it's, they're going to need something up there. Yeah, yeah. Lorente hasn't worked. Yeah. What about, you know, as a man not unfamiliar with the North East, Newcastle, looks like they're getting in Salomon Rondon from West Brom, but there's a lot of unanswered questions up there, aren't there? There is, but do you know what? I, I watched quite a bit of them uh, in the last season, uh, last third of the season, and I was really impressed with them. You know, regardless of you know whether they brought in new uh, new faces, I, I just thought Iosi uh, Perez really impressed me. You know, he, he's still only I think he's only 24 years old. They bring Rondon in. He's got a, you know physique of a heavyweight boxer. He's you know a little bit of strength. I don't mind him. Yeah, I, I quite like him. And um, you know, they've brought in some experience as well. They've brought uh, Key from Swansea. Muto, uh, Kennedy's, got, Kennedy's got good Kennedy energy back, the left back in as well. They've got him back on a loan. Mm. So it's not all doom and gloom. I know that uh, Rafa Benitez would like more faces. Mm. He'd like more money to spend. Of course he would. But the lucky thing for Newcastle and Newcastle fans are that they've got Rafa Benitez and they've yeah. still got him. <laughs> for now. Yeah, so, yeah. so <laughs> and as long as they've got him, yeah. they'll have a chance of staying away from relegation. I, I can't see him being, no. being close to relegation. No, on uh, Muto... I saw a fair bit of him in the Bundesliga for, for Mainz and he's really sharp he's a lively sort of front player can make things happen lovely movement busy but he's not a goal scorer mm. he, I think the most he's ever scored in the league is eight so Newcastle fans shouldn't get over excited about it. he's going to be the guy to bang the goals in but he'll be another one to compete with Perez for that spot behind the striker yeah, I think one worry they've got in defence or two worries he's got in defence really he's got, they've lost Lejeune now for a little while oh, it, it, yeah he's yeah. injured and Lascelles is attracting. They're not going to sell him, are they? No, well, I think it, it, it all depends with the unrest between the, uh, the manager because uh, Lascelles has got a really close bond with Rafa Benitez. Mm. And I think a lot Natural of. Natural leader, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And Rafa's took a real shine to him and I think he's took him under his wing a little bit. And whatever goes in the background, I think he'll keep uh, keep him in the loop. And then he'll think, well, if I've got no future at the club, you know, then you might let him go. Mm. On Lascelles, I know he's linked with Leicester, wasn't he? If they if they were to sell Harry Maguire, Leicester mm. want to go in for Jamal Lascelles, thirty million. We're talking. If he's available for thirty million, I think Arsenal should go in for him. Mm -hmm. I, th I think they need another centre back. I think Chelsea should. Yeah, well, let's not talk them up too much. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal. Um, well, I think they, they should because if they're going to play with a back two at Chelsea, by the way. I'm not sure Luiz and Rudiger is the combination. They need to work that out. But Arsenal do need another centre-back, in my opinion. And I think Lascelles would become first choice straight away. Mm. I think you walk into the team. Yeah, quick, yeah. mobile, aggressive yeah. in the air. It's fantastic. Like. Yeah, good. Some questions from the viewers and listeners. We'll start off with Chelsea, actually. One from Billy Hush. Despite the Community Shield loss, I fancy Chelsea to run well. Even more so if they land Sahar, funny enough, <laughs> and keep their stars. However, looking at Napoli and their success with 4-3-3, aren't Giroud and Morata both too slow 
to play the Sari way. It's an interesting one, yeah, isn't it? They look miles off, don't they, in the Community Shield, a bit sluggish. I think Sari will, will come good for them and they'll be great to watch. It's a good point. Uh, he liked to have a mobile centre forward, didn't he, at Napoli with Dries Mertens? And you would think, ah, oh, he'll do the same with Hazard if he stays. Mm. Say, I just don't like Hazard as a striker. I think he was quite poor there last year whenever he was given the chance. So what you need, I, I think it can work with a Giroud or, or a Morata, but not the Morata we're seeing at the moment. It just looks knackered. Giroud can be the bounce-off guy, but you just need the pace. You need people to run in behind if you're in a Sarri team. And, and I think people like Hazard and Willian could do that. And he'll also demand it of his attacking central midfielders. They'll make runs beyond a Giroud as well. It can work. It wouldn't surprise me if he went in for a, for a quicker striker. James Pettit, David, asks, are Chelsea now looking at their academy instead of investing through transfers? Well, whether they are, whether they aren't, they should be. You know, they've got the quality there. And, and now it's, it's it, all the work they've put into the academy beforehand, you know, it's working for them now. If they're not bringing players through, at least they're getting, they're getting tens, 20 millions for their uh, academy products. So it's from that perspective, yeah, it's, it's working for them. But, you know, instead of going out and paying 40, 50 million, they've already got people on the doorstep that they can, they can do the same jobs. They, they should definitely be uh, looking, at, uh, looking at youth anyway and, and, uh, and, and a bit more energy because, I mean, they looked very leaden-footed yesterday. Yeah, well, they've probably been training hard. I always think it is a pre-season mm. friendly, let's be honest. You never know how hard they've trained. They might have, they might have trained much harder than Man City had that game. We don't know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think... It would fight. fit in with Sarri's... Modus operandi. Yeah, I've played pre-season games where, where you know you think you can't touch your toes. Yeah. You're that stiff. You never know. Let's judge them from next weekend onwards. Okay. Another Newcastle one for you, Dave. If I may, Richard Hodges. Where's the money gone at, at uh, Newcastle United? Well, I don't know. I don't know where it's gone, but it looks like it's gone to House of Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's true. It's um, again another owner who doesn't want to spend money. So it's. Why would, if he's going to sell the club, why would he want a, a massive outlay on players? Mm. Mike actually doesn't care what the fans think, what, the, what Rafa Benitez thinks. He's doing his way and he always has done, he always will do. Which is the problem in a nutshell, isn't it? <laughs> um, Owen Mayers, Aid, who are you tipping as the wild card team this season? Last season, Burnley upset the European apple cart. Yeah. Uh, so who could it be? Yeah, I tip Burnley. Year? Tip Burnley to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll check the tapes. I don't probably, worry. I probably tip them to go down. So don't take my word for it. Um, I can't really look beyond Wolves. They're maybe not even that much of a wild card given how, what they're spending. But yeah, they were brilliant in the Championship, and I think if they produce the same performance level in the Premier League as they did when winning the title, I genuinely believe that that would have been good enough to finish. 10th, 11th last year in the Premier League. So if they've improved, that that's you know they're going to be top half this year. Couple to finish with, Parikh Barat. Could attendances or viewership be affected in the first few weeks of the season on account of football fatigue? Is the Premier League starting too early after the World Cup? I don't think so. No, it's um, the last, especially the last couple of weeks. I was, I mean, wondering where the football was on the TV. Like you know, it was. <laughs> you, you want it, You just want the season to start. I think. I mean, it's a totally different kettle of fish with international football. You know, it's not the same as your team. People want to see their team play. And I think this year is a really exciting, an exciting Premier League. You know, we've got the new managers coming in. You've got a lot of new talent, not new teams coming up from the Championship who were, mm -hmm. who were exciting to watch. Yep, could be a great year. I, think. I agree. The teams that went down. 
all due respect, I don't think we'll miss them yeah, massively. Yeah. I think the teams that have come up have all got their own value. So um, I think this this is a more exciting Premier League season. Final question from the uh, someone who signs himself or herself, the Prestwich Marauder. Ooh. Do we expect <laughs> mass panic on Thursday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell yeah I, I think there will be I think there's far too many sides who haven't done the, the business as early as they should do so it's, it's going to lead to it uh, well uh, Mr Marauder or should that be Mrs uh, it'll be carnage thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.